Hello and welcome back to my podcast. Here I am, um, episode four, still on season one. And just following on from my last episode, I am doing a bit of a follow-up. I have the great pleasure of having my sister, Becky, as we all call her, or Bex. Um, We only call her Rebecca when we're annoyed with her. Um, She is, we're doing it by Zoom call. So the um, audio might not be as good as it could be, but that's fine. We're going to have a chat. Um, I asked Becky, would she mind coming on and chatting? Because, again, following on from my last uh, episode talking about weight loss, my sister Becky, I'm not going to keep saying my sister Becky, obviously. (laughs) Uh, Becky has also had issues like myself with weight and weight loss over the years um I think we as a family have weight issues I do know that a lot of stuff I've been reading recently um to do with weight and everything uh there's more and more evidence that genetics do play a part in it even though you could you'd be told by you know so-called professionals oh no there's no such thing as genes, but if they do, they play a large part. I think also it's nature versus nurture. Um, that squeak was Becky licking her finger after eating crisps in my ear the past couple of minutes. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to welcome Becky and just we'll, we're just going to have a little chat about she'll tell you who she is, where she's at now, and then we'll go into her little uh story big story actually really exciting story so becky is actually five years you're five years younger than me aren't you you're sort yeah. of the younger sister of the family so there's myself we've got a sister anna then there's becky and then our brother ryan who is 13 years younger than me um and ryan's of course the golden child of the family <laughs> i come across all in golden balls yeah exactly so Becky welcome um thank you thank you so much for how exciting I know isn't it (laughs) thank you so much for agreeing to do this uh I know it's not the easiest subject um and you're going to talk about your weight loss surgery predominantly why you ended up having it when was it October two years ago wasn't it just over two years now so October 19 no 18 2018 yeah yeah oh my god doesn't seem that long ago does it It really doesn't actually it doesn't in some ways but then in other ways it does like it's I think when you go past the two years it just feels like it's always been there wow it's the two years then like from what you've read and I know you've got a few friends who've had the surgery before you yeah. so is the two years like a magic sort of marker do you think yeah I think two years is when it actually becomes part of your life before right. that it's almost like it's a secondary thing in your body that it's it's you know that you're just hosting almost wow but after the two years it's like um it's like it's just part of it's just you don't even think it's there anymore right. that makes any sense yeah you still have all the all the you know 
restriction, well, restrictions at a different level, but you still have all the restrictions and, you know, the, the, the different issues when you eat different foods and stuff like that. But it's almost like that just becomes part of your life rather okay. than well, we'll come, think about it. We'll come back to that. So let's just mm. go through your history. I know you obviously listened to, obviously, as you should have done, listen to my podcast um, that I did the other day about my weight journey or weight yeah. loss journey. I think I, I do think I call it weight journey because look, here I am still not really, I've lost so much weight, but never, I'm still around the same weight. As PJ says, I've lost about 100 pounds since he first met me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> let's go back in time. Um, and I just, obviously, again, I know you listen to my podcast. So I was talking about my memories of our childhood growing up and how food was in our family and how I felt that, you know, food was treated in our family. So did do you agree with what I said or would you have a different slant on it? No, definitely. I mean, food, like I always felt that food was a real kind of, um, I almost want to say not a luxury, but it was like, it was like, it was like, for example, I remember, you know, our mom mom used to make us lunches all the time for school yeah and it would always be a sandwich and a chocolate bar or something like that yeah and I remember do you remember remember the blue stripey yeah but I, I remember one time there was one bar missing out of the cupboard oh stop do you remember that yeah I do and now this could go back to you know us telling fibs and the fact that you know one of us was telling fibs I'm sure one of us was that we got from the parents you know but the bar missing was almost like a holocaust in had happened do you know what I mean it was a huge thing that the bar was missing that you know one of us had taken the bar out of the out of the um the cupboard without without asking and sneaking it yeah now here's a question for you because actually I don't think I've ever asked you this I've spoken to Anna about it and I mentioned I alluded to it again the other day did you ever sneak food words please (laughs) I mentioned it did you sneak food when we were younger yeah no really you're not going to get me to admit it on here either (laughs) No, seriously, would you? No, would you have never? No, no. So you were just so perfect, and I. No, don't put was <laughs> in that sentence, please. <laughs> okay, because you know that Anna and I definitely did. So it was one of us took when we bar. were kids. <laughs> You're talking about like when we were children. Yeah, yeah. No, I never snuck snuck food. Wow, that's interesting. Because I know Anna and I did, but I don't know if that's the fear thing that, you know. Actually, I tell a lie and this is going to sound really weird that I did sneak food, but I used to sneak food to feed animals, not to feed myself. Just for um, my listeners, we had a lot of animals. It wasn't a farm, but we went through stages and 
mum had goats at one stage. We had a lot of, we had chickens at one stage, ducks, turkeys, and then we moved into horses. Now I was a teenager when the horses arrived on the scene and I was terrified of the horses, absolutely terrified of them. I think they're beautiful creatures, but Anna and Becky were just like sort of throw their legs up bareback and run around the gallop around the field so Becky and Anna were real horsey girls you know loved the horses and very good with them so I'm sure that's where you're talking about well yeah and mice I used to feed them mice as well what that was in our bedroom oh for god's sake yeah. you're making it sound like we, we're from the dark ages <laughs> I used to love sitting on the bed and watching the oh. mice trip along the bed the bed back bedboard and eat the little crumbs that I'd left along the back bedboard. I'd sit there for hours watching them. Wait till mum hears this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, getting back to child, our childhood. So that's really oh, yeah. interesting to me that you didn't sneak food. How do you feel about, I again, I mentioned about sort of feeling shamed at the dinner table and stuff. Well, how did you have... Do you remember that? Do you remember? No. You see, your memories are either you've either closed the doors or you just were in a different headspace. And I do think when you, you say do... shamed, what do you mean shamed? Um, again, I talked about it. Dad sort of calling us names and greedy and stuff if we went for another potato or if we, you know. I honestly have no memory of that. The only time that I remember actually being shamed when it came around to food is when we had to go to granny and granddad's house and they would, you know, put a meal of tongue or something. Oh, stop. Do you remember granny used to send up the, and we'd have the aspic and we, tongue? <laughs> yeah, and we'd have to eat it. And the only time that, and they'd try to shame us into eating it by saying that there was starving children in Africa that were dying because of hunger. Oh, and we Jesus. were so lucky to have this food and we had to eat it. Granny was a huge fan of aspic jelly, in fairness. Oh. But yeah, well, there again, that's really interesting. I wish we could have Anna, Anna on this in on this conversation because she and I have the same memories. But we, I've always said and we've always said that you have a t even though. You have a totally different relationship with food you've always said you're not an emotional eater you just like eating too much food whereas Anna and I have always said we definitely ate our emotions and used it to dampen emotions etc etc mm. now definitely agree with that I don't I when if something emotional like if something triggers me emotionally or if I'm under extreme stress or pressure or you know, sadness or something like that. Uh, honestly, now, I would go the opposite. I'd go not eating. Right. I'd, I'd turn away from food, in fact. Wow. Actually, my downfall would be drinking if it yeah. was, you know, under stress and stuff like that. That's what I'd turn to yeah. is drinking. But not definitely food would be the last thing on my on my mind. I mean, I remember not that long ago, I think it was last year, the what I remember is the last biggest stress and it went on for quite some time. Um, I think I probably ate maybe three times in, in four days or something. Like it was just, you know, I just didn't want it. Food is not an emotional thing for me. 
I wonder if you always just told told yourself that, though. I don't know. No, I I don't know. I, I mean... When we say emotional eating in general, when society says you you automatically have this image of someone sitting and binging and they're crying their eyes out. But actually, to me, emotional eating is just enjoying food, you know, not enjoying food, but eating food for every emotion, you know, celebration eating, eating. Yes, you have the element where you're eating if you're stressed or overwhelmed and stuff, but like. I think it emotional eating is just a wide, such a wide, varied mm. thing. But yeah, um, definitely, it's not for me. Right? Yeah. No, I know you've always said that. And again, if our sister Anna was sitting here, she'd be going, "Hmm." <laughs> but uh, so coming into your teens again, because I'd left home, I suppose I'm not really. I haven't got a great memory. You were bigger, though. I mean, you've always been a little bit bigger. You've always had a big bum, like even as a baby, your bum. Oh, the yes, pictures. my bum. My <laughs> your bum, bum is, is famous. <laughs> famous, Hips absolutely famous. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, Becky, you know, um, you think you think of me and you think of bum. <laughs> and Becky, for just because you're not, you can't see her. But Becky has always been a real hourglass shape or even sort of a pear shape I'm an apple shape Anna I think Anna I don't know she's in between the two um I'd say she's apple as well but you've always been pear shaped you know Becky pear like Becky the pear big bum big hips but I remember (laughs) I remember before you put all like the big weight on you always had this gorgeous tiny little waist and you the big boobs and the big hips and you know but again having grown up the way we grew up you still you didn't really embrace that either you know you weren't no. like because you had me and Anna as sisters as well I suppose and the three of us we were just always big we were always, I always overweight I've always until I had the weight loss surgery I've always felt like the biggest person in the room no matter yeah. where I was yeah. No matter what I was doing. Now, going back to kind of like my late teens, early 20s, obviously, you know, I, I lived in England for mm. quite some time um, and I enjoyed life back then. And, you know, it was kind of like probably party. part the party scene and, you know, and I lost quite a bit of weight back then. But even then. Even then, I always felt like the biggest, fattest person in the room. Let's just put the name on it. The biggest, fattest person in the room. Always did. You still always do to did. a certain extent, even though you've No, lost... not anymore. Honestly, I can honestly sit here and say to you now that even though I'm still, I'm going to a size 16. Mm. But you're tall. I, Every, don't, I mean, tall. anyone who knows me, I'm only five foot four, but my... Becky and Anna are like five foot eight and five foot nine ish, aren't you? Both. You're yeah. shorter than Anna slightly, aren't you? Yeah, I'm five about five. I'm actually about yeah, about five foot eight. Right. Just under. So they they've always, you know, they got got away with you's got away with it for years, carrying the weight, yeah. the extra weight, you know, and I always and, remember thinking that. Yeah. Um so 
yeah so I just it's 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 now I can honestly say having lost all the weight I still have a, I still have weight to go that I want to lose you know I still have a way to go that I want to lose but I can honestly say I don't feel like the fattest person in the room anymore that's because and I think that <laughs> so I think that's a lot to do with um your mental state as well though it's not just to do with size it's to do with your mental state I've done a lot of work also that w- that's one of the things that I was um very lucky to have during my weight loss surgery journey up mm. to the point of weight loss surgery was the fact that I did a lot of work mentally as well as physically yeah so let's just I suppose really the last 10 years let's just recap on that and then we'll start talking about the weight loss surgery so um Mm. I I remember how much weight you put on when you were pregnant with Kaylee so Becky um Becky met Don actually about 16 years ago same time length as myself and PJ and Don is another big food lover isn't he you know let's let's not call a spade a spade absolutely and um easiest way to Don's heart is through his stomach and that is the absolute truth mm. and you too and you both ate out a lot you both ate you know the typical couple who order takeaways and you know drinks and eating eating you were just eating and eating really and I'm you know wouldn't you agree we'd have, we'd have, yeah definitely I remember when I met Don um we would have dinner in his mom and dad's house I remember you being um, shocked at the dinners. Yeah, dinner in his mom and dad's house, slathered in everything, butter, real butter, and everything like. Mm. And then we'd go out and we'd have a feed a drink out in the pub, and then we'd go for dinner again that night, and then we'd go out for more drinks, and then we'd get a takeaway on the way home. Yeah. And that was probably Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and quite often on Monday. So and that went on for years. Yeah. So then your weight starts to creep up again. You know, yeah. you probably you'd agree that you were already sort of overweight, but just you know, but then you it starts to creep up. Then you got pregnant with Kaylee. Yeah. And go on. I got pregnant with Kaylee. Yeah. And um, I just thought, here we go, pregnant. What do all pregnant people in my head? This yeah. was not saying <laughs> this is absolutely true. But in my head, it was like, what do all pregnant women get away with? Eating. Yes, I can eat whatever I want. And I just did. Rode that wave until the very last second. Do you remember and after meeting up in that hotel before you just before you had Kaylee? We met. I think me and Mum came down because you were in Cork then, obviously, and we came and met you. It was like somewhere like y'all. We met you in a hotel, and we had lunch, and you were really pregnant. Like, oh my God, in the fish fish restaurant. I can't remember, but I remember. I remember meeting you in a hotel and I remember after that me and mum were sort of going oh my god you know (laughs) Becky's really like 
and you had I mean as you've just said you really just took yeah, the liberty ballooned. absolutely and, ballooned and again Don is a feeder and he loves his food as well so it, yeah, yeah. yeah so pregnancy ballooned. did you have complications you did didn't you with your... I did oh I was in absolute agony with my back like yeah. really crippled with my back um, but you never got diabetes, and, gestational diabetes. Or no, anything. no, no. I never got anything like that. I had no, no, um, no complications that way. Mm. I just had skeletal complications. And do you remember any of the doctors ever saying to you at your checkups, you know, your weight is going to be a problem or your weight is a problem? I don't think they would have dared. I would have taken <laughs> the head off them, I reckon. No, they didn't actually. No, nobody ever said it to me. And even if they had it done, to be honest with you, I don't think I would have listened. No. So you ended up having a C-section? Emergency C-section. Bish, bash, bosh. That's another story. Um, And, yeah. And I just didn't take control of it, really. Um, And I went to... Slimming clubs. We went to slimming clubs together afterwards. Remember, you know, the, I, I was on here. Yeah, lost I was talking about there. when we all went to un, Unislim together, the four of us. Yeah, do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Um, and we all did really well that time. Like we all did, yeah. and then you decided to disappear to off to Canada, <laughs> and you messed it up for all of us. <laughs> yeah, I moved to Canada, but I was like. I was only Canada, like was a stone a or a stone and a half lighter than I was at my yeah. heaviest when I moved to Canada. And people think, oh, Canada, you know, America, they're the same. If you haven't been, the, mm. con- the, the what's the concept? No. Yeah. Um, people think that, you know, but they have ginormous portions of food over there. Even though, like it's it, it, that is one of the similarities, but it's not it's not very it's not very similar to America, no. but it's one of the similarities. But the the portions are just absolutely huge, and literally, you can you can eat twenty four seven over there without a problem whatsoever. All the petrol stations are just, I mean, like. England and Ireland are now that's what Canada was like years ago do you know what I mean with the yeah. petrol stations you can go in and you can buy whatever food you want in the in a petrol station they've literally everything available and you can get it 24 7. Um, did you put weight on I don't remember you putting weight on in Canada. Yeah I did yeah hmm. I did. So you ended up anyway let's move along because I want you to yeah. talk about the but so you ended up you were in Canada for how long? Uh, two thousand about years? three years. Three years. Three and a, yeah. Between and then, three and four years. Three and a half years. You moved back to and you moved to England to Plymouth where you are now. Yeah. Um, and Plymouth's a funny old place, isn't it? I I remember thinking that when it came, there's a lot of overweight people in Plymouth, and that's not me casting nasturtiums. <laughs> aspersions yeah there is quite a lot of I mean well I don't know I don't notice that to be honest no I don't really notice that I did 
but then right. it's a bigger city so you know yeah it's not Wexford I suppose so yeah I mean let's call spade spade but it so you moved to Plymouth you settled in got a job and then the physical side started kicking really kicking in for you didn't it the implications. Well, what happened was, what happened was, I'd lost a bit of weight before we left Canada, um, but only like the weight that I'd put on when I when I went back when I went to Canada. Yeah. And so when I arrived here, I was probably about two stone lighter than my heaviest that I was here. Right. So it took about a year of fish and chips. Oh my God. I just, when we got, came back from Canada, it was like our taste buds exploded again. It was like, oh my God, everything that we really missed, we just indulged yeah. in like carberries, eat all you can carberries and go back for more um, fish and chips all the time or takeaways all the time and, uh, you know, dominoes and all that sort of stuff. So, my weight exploded up to one pound under 24 stone. Wow. I know, I remember, you know, sort of the chats was like, God, you know, poor Becky's really piling on the way. And Don as well. Like, you know, um, we were, like, there was, obviously it was like, oh, you know, what's, what's going on? And then... Your back was in bits, your knee was in bits, all those things were, and you were in a very physical job. I was, I was a carer um, and I struggled. I struggled to, to live really, to be honest. Um, mentally, but it was when you, I was. When you moved to Tesco that it really, I remember that's when it really. I was, no, it was already in the process when I moved right. to Tesco. Right. Um, I was struggling really, really badly mentally and physically um I couldn't sleep my knees were absolutely excruciatingly sore even when I was lying down um you know my hips oh lordy lord my hips Mm. they were so bad so bad and I was living with so much pain on a daily basis that it was starting to interfere with my life. It was starting to interfere with my relationship with my daughter. It was starting to interfere with my relationship with my partner. It was starting to interfere with my relationship with myself. Mm. And I got very, very low. So what, like, what was the, I mean, you, you obviously went and sat down with your doctor and said, I, I need help actually. Right. Um I went to I did go to the GP um who wasn't available and I'll never forget the day because it was the start of the rest of my life this day. Hmm. Um and I actually saw the paramedic that was in the surgery. Wow. Because over here, I don't know if you if they do the same in Ireland, but over here they have um, paramedics who are on site all the time. Right, I didn't know that. that. 
yeah they take on some of the stuff that you know sort of triaging the gp yeah yeah exactly but they're able to write prescriptions and things as well right um so i went to him yeah so i went to him and he mentioned about a weight loss group Mm. in Plymouth Wow, that was run by the NHS. Now, this he he never said anything about weight loss surgery or anything. Mm. It was just weight loss because I don't know if you remember. That's why I started. Yeah, oh, I remember to go it. To a weight loss group. It was not. We never, never to have. Yeah, it was never to have surgery at the end of it. No, I didn't even know about the surgery. No, I remember. Um, so I I was just like, you know, I tried all the. From same as yourself, from here to the moon and back, mm. all the weight loss groups that you pay your money to go and stand on the scales, blah 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 blah, didn't work. Um, tried all the pills, the diet pills. I never did the shakes either, by the way. You did no. the shakes. I didn't do the shakes. I didn't either. do them. I'm not you, Anna. Yeah. yeah, Anna did the shakes. You didn't do the shakes. I didn't no. do the shakes, but Anna did do the shakes. That was one of the only things I didn't do. None of it worked. Do you remember the None blood type diet? Yeah, that's really good, actually. You know, that's no, not it's a been bad dis- thing. It has been disproven, but you know, you're just eating in a different way. It's all about calorie yeah. deficit. Anyway, moving on. Anyway, going. So, so the weight loss group. The weight loss group. So he he said that um, you have to get referred to by your GP, which he said that won't be a problem. I will get that sorted. Um, do you want to give it a go? There is a information session next Wednesday. Yes, get me in there. So I went anyway, and um, they did a interview with me, um, as they did with the other twenty six people that were in the room, and not everybody got offered a place because right. not everybody was. Um, had the right criteria for the weight loss group. Right. So don't ask me what the criteria was now. No, I, can't remember. I won't. Keep... <laughs> um, so from then I had to, for two years, I, the, the length of the weight loss um, group was two years. You had to commit to two years. Mm. And within those two years, you had a team of nutritionists, psychologists, um, physiotherapists, and um, excuse me if you can hear, by the way, everybody else. Riss knows, but everybody else. These I've got two girls here and they kill each other. They're one just, of them is actually my daughter, Macy, who yeah. lives with Becky. So and they're their head cases they're absolute nut jobs <laughs> um so yeah so you have a team of people um for the two years that work with you and work with you mentally and work with you physically like um sometimes we did exercise classes you did one exercise so every every week for the first two years i had no so sorry every week for the first nine months I had to go to the 
class. And then it was six months. It was once every two weeks. And it sort of changed after the first nine months. So the first nine months was all about getting your nutrition, getting your eating properly, getting you eating the right things um, at the right time, the right amounts. Also did work on your, you know, how, you know, your mental state, psychology. And during that time, actually, as well, on top of that, um, I was advised because I had issues as well when I was younger. um, Things that were never dealt with, I never dealt with, um, that I just pushed away. And I was advised to um, deal with them, basically. So during that time, they put me in touch with a different kind of type of um, therapist therapist yeah so I was doing them in conjunction with each other so which was really quite tough I have to tell you yeah of course so tough because I was I I felt like I was just being completely stripped down bare and opened up and almost like you know my guts were being pulled out and pushed back in again it was the so, right thing to do, but it was difficult. Of course it was. So when did the when did the subject of the surgery come up? So then after that, after the nine months, then you go um, six months, you do the once, I think it was six months, something like that, once every two weeks. And then during that time, um, we had the um, surgeon, which we didn't know about, came in to do a talk during one of the meetings. Right. And brought Lead it up. up to about, you and went, oi, you. <laughs> <laughs> Jump up there till they, till they get you sorted. Uh, yeah, so again, though, there was so many different things you had hmm. to do to be able to get the surgery. It's not just... Okay, so you're fat, you know, you're like diabetic or I know I wasn't diabetic, but, you know, these are some of the criteria. Um, Like if if at any stage the surgical team, because there was a surgical team then was involved in it as well. I remember you even at any stage. I was just going to say, I remember you going and talking to the nurse before the sir yeah. you know the bariatric nurse about yeah oh my god when i think back jeez anyway effort effort <laughs> right so you did it though so let's just bring us up so you were obviously approved for the surgery um, approved for the surgery didn't have to do it like a lot of the a lot there was i think there was out of 15 people who were in my group um four people got offered the surgery right were eligible with the right criteria for the surgery yeah um and out of those four I think only two of us got through without any having to do any anything extra two other girls um because you'd done it anyway a lot of the work they had to go they had to go to psychologist uh food psychology Mm. food what's it called Anyway, food psychologist, therapist, therapy. Yeah. 
They so, had to go to that first before they were offered the weight loss surgery. So you did your liver reduction thing. You went and that was it. That was crazy. That yeah. was eight weeks of eight hundred calories of two yogurts and soup, yeah. amounting to eight hundred calories a day for eight. I remember weeks. you doing that. Mad. You did it though. <laughs> yeah, I did it. So the day of the surgery arrived. What were your feelings? You see, this is another thing. Like, I'm, I'm a bit odd. I don't yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really dive very deep into my feelings when things no. like that are happening. Like no. some, like I don't, I don't scrutinize myself. I just let let things happen, and just you know, just let let it go and let things happen. I don't know if it's the right thing to do or it's the wrong thing. It's what I do. Mm. And to be honest with you, I just kind of like. Because I did, I do a lot of meditating, and mm. I just did a lot of meditating. Um, even like, you know, I'm quite good at it now. I can meditate even with my eyes open, talking to somebody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just literally, literally that day, that morning, it wasn't. I didn't make it a big deal in my head. I was able to kind of like separate myself from what was happening and just let it happen Mm. okay so you had it done um Mm. or your recovery your recovery was fairly textbook i'll tell you i'll tell you and you had a sleeve or a bypass bypass Bypass. i tell you though right the thing that i do remember on the morning of the operation was sitting in the waiting room after because mum um came came with me mm. into the hospital and when I was separated from her you go have you you have to sit on your own in a separate waiting room outside of the operating room. yes yeah yeah um with all your socks yeah. and everything on sitting there and I just was like I just felt like life was going to get better yeah um were you excited I was excited and I was ready and I was just like right let's do this not being naive about the the journey that was about to start yeah Yeah. just the feeling like sitting there looking because I could see through the doors into the operating theater and sitting there looking through the doors going this is where it starts. Mm. Minute my ass touches that table in there, I'm gone. I just and I just had this really calm feeling, and then it was just so wonderful because I, I was brought into the operating theatre and put up on the um the it's more like a chair rather than a table actually, mm. and um they were prepping me and everything, and he was like. The anaesthetist was like, right, I, I have to give you some gin and tonic because they <laughs> knew that I liked gin and tonic. And he said, I have to give you some gin and tonic. It's going to make you feel so good about yourself. So he gave me whatever it was. I don't know what it was. And uh, that was it. I woke up and I, I was in excruciating pain. Done. 
So just moving forward, I mean, we could be here all day talking and I'm aware of time. Um, I'll just, I suppose, I remember at the time how concerned all of us were that you were having this done. We didn't understand mm. it. And I certainly didn't understand it. Well, I did. I mean, anything I'd ever seen, I'd be, you know, I could see that it was of great benefit. But I suppose we didn't, as a family, we... Do you know, I think actually what it was, was you were taking away part of what we felt was our identity. You were part of that identity as a family. This family who loves food and comes together and has these big feasts and everything. And all that we could see was you weren't going to be part of that anymore. This is what we thought yeah. at the time, you know. We were like, she's not going to be, you know, she's, I remember you telling me, and I know you've said since that you never said it, but I remember you telling me you wouldn't be able to have anything fizzy again. <laughs> but that was obviously for a certain amount of time because you hop off mm. your algin and tonics now. But yeah. um, I remember like having conversation with Anna and like, we were just like, why is she doing this? Why, you know, what's, and I think for both of us, there was a, an element of, I don't know if I could say envy, envy a weird warped sense of envy because it was it's still something that I now know, having followed you in your journey, that like I just admire anyone who has it done because it really is just a tool, isn't it? At the end of the day, yeah. you still got yeah. the same brain that you had. All it and all it has done is given you a different size stomach really a different yeah. digestive system you know and I don't think like I know once the weight started coming off for you after the sort of the six weeks of recovery from surgery and the weight did start coming off and that's when we all noticed even the the change in you and I know this is sounds weird or not weird I that this isn't meant to sound funny but the lightness that started to show in you you know almost yeah. like th like the relief that you were actually getting your life back you know you were getting your physicality back your sense of self back I don't know for you right because I know you've like you're not we me both me and Anna have always said that you're not even close to as heavy as we ever were right mm. and I I know that you have got had problems with your feet, but you haven't really had weight related skeletal problems. Oh, I, have. I don't think you're not you? to the extent that you have, but I yeah. definitely like my feet. I was told by physios that my feet weren't helped by the weight I was carrying. Your now, weight. obviously, it's not as you said. It's not like it's it's sort of an average. I don't mean average weight, but it's not morbidly obese. You know, the I'm only not... way that I can describe the only way that I can describe that light that you saw coming was always there, but I was cloaked yeah. in a layer of fat and a layer of misery and a layer of pain and a layer of self hatred mm. and a layer of discomfort, constant discomfort and self loathing. Mm. And when you start to lose weight and you start to see that you've actually, you know, that it's almost like that 
that blanket is just being lifted and removed from you and the person who always was there is just evolving back again Mm. do you feel a sense I mean I think you felt a huge sense of relief didn't you so we're two years ahead now how much weight did you lose your highest weight was one pound under 24 stone and that what weight were you when you had the surgery um if you don't mind me asking 21 and a half ish so how much weight have you lost now in total since Mm. my highest weight yeah from the first time that I was weighed in my weight loss group I was one pound under 24 stone and now I am I I fluctuate so much between (laughs) about 14.3 14.2 to about 14.8 I know that sounds huge, but I could no, lose doesn't. three You're... pounds in a day. Yeah, same here. I have a, I don't know what, it's, you know, I could put on three pounds overnight, you know. Yeah. But um, the funniest thing about it all is, having watched your journey, is I'm amazed at how much food you actually can eat these days. And I'm not saying that <laughs> in a negative, like, to me, what you eat now is like an average portion. You know, yeah. I, like a year ago, you couldn't. It was a tiny, you know, part of a portion. But you definitely eat yeah. sort of, you're more, it's like you're eating now to maintain. And it's like you eat what, I suppose, I, I don't mean this to sound bad, but to me, it looks like you eat what average people would eat to lose weight or to maintain. Yeah. Well, you have to also... um realize as well is the surgery that I got Mm. doesn't just reduce the size of my stomach it also they um repositioned my intestines yeah so the food that I eat even though I might be eating more now I still don't get out of it what say for example you who haven't had Mm. who hasn't had the surgery it it is in your digestive system a lot longer than yes. it's in my digestive system. So yeah. it basically, it's called a bypass. It bypasses bypass, yeah. bypass yeah. my digestive a lot of system straight into small intestine. Small intestine. Yeah. yeah. No, I get so that. So I don't get the absorption of the food, which is why also I have to be on, um, for the rest of my life, I have to be on supplements mm. for the rest of my life because I don't get the absorption from food that, you know a normal person would yeah that is another reason why you lose so much weight when you've had the bypass yeah um have do you think you're at your happy weight or do you think that you've stalled a bit oh no I've got I've definitely stalled I have to go back to basics again yeah and go back to you know go back to what I was taught in the very beginning yeah about, so like you know again to it's eat, a tool to isn't eat. it exactly exactly so you need to go and I've just back I've just and up your protein and you know yeah, less carbs exactly. less alcohol maybe <laughs> Becky no. Bruiser on alcohol <laughs> um yeah so if in one sentence I think we should wrap this up now because it's been 
it's I mean I could go on talking for another couple of hours you know I could but if if um if I could ask you to in one sentence say how much it's given you your life back what would you say I would say it's given me the ability to be me again. What was the worst part of it? Not being able to have a proper relationship with my daughter. No, I mean food or since the surgery, what was the worst part? Oh, since the surgery, um, the worst part is certain foods having a very very bad effect on you yeah I was gonna say do you still have that I remember at one yeah. stage you couldn't eat eggs I have it at the moment oh what I don't know what it is I haven't a clue what it is but something I'm eating is basically running straight through me and I'm yeah. not eating anything that I you see that's the other thing with, with weight loss surgery like for example the eggs I you know eggs was something that I relied on after the surgery because it was soft food it was small protein packed you know it was protein packed and really good for you and eat one egg and it would keep you going for like even now it would keep me going for like hours (laughs) and then one day exact same thing from the the other day from the day before I had an egg and it had such a bad effect on me that I actually ran to the toilet for the first time ever and puked. And, that and that's, called, my... that's called dumping, isn't it? Dumping. Yeah, exactly. I've had dumping numerous times and it is awful. You feel like you are dying. And I don't, I'm mm. not over-exaggerating. You and literally that... feel like you're dying. So a lot of the time it's highly processed for, well eggs aren't highly processed no, no so, it could be anything yeah the first the first time I had dumping was with cabbage wow like just boiled cabbage jeez the first oh, oh god poor that you. was awful and then there's other things like because the opening is so small going into your pouch you get things stuck in there all the time uh, and you get things called foamies, which is like when your your digestive system is trying to unblock whatever it is that's stuck in your the opening into your pouch. Uh, and it just foams and the foam just comes up your neck and, it out uh, and you're just like you're like a rabid person and you're just like foaming out your mouth. And it's you get the sweats and then you get hot sweats and cold sweats and hot sweats. It's terrible. God. So I think we'll wrap this up now after the foaming. <laughs> um, but overall, it's like your your knees are are okay again, your back is okay again, like physicality yeah. wise, which was the main driver for you to get, get it done. Yeah. You're yeah. you're flying it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm walking. I I can walk the legs off to the the young girls down there. Like I can mm. keep up with Kaylee. I you know tumble, rumble, and tumble with her. I was doing jujitsu even though I now I've moved out here. It's not close enough. I was doing jujitsu for months. You know, it was just like it's given me a whole new freedom. 
whole new freedom that I didn't have before. And you, I mean, you've always been a confident person. You've always been one of the more confident of the three of us, but you certainly that confidence definitely rolls out of you even more so. I mean, yeah. even your confidence in your ability with your work and everything like that is, you know, shows yeah. like, yeah. but you are that person, you know, you've always been that, you've always had that, you know, sort of, you know. Macy said that to me the other day, actually. Yeah. She said, Baby, how do you do it? I was mm. like, how do I do what, Macy, in 20? How are you always so nice and so confident all the time? <laughs> I said, I wish I could be confident like you. I was like, oh, I don't know. Anyway, um, listen, Becky, thank you so, so much. I actually love doing you. an interview, so I'll have to have loads of different people on, yeah. <laughs> on my podcast. It's a great thing to do. Um, yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing your story. It, like, obviously, I knew. I'll be it, back but- anytime. <laughs> yeah for the next next chapter um yeah. yeah so thank you and uh yeah i'll have you on another time we'll talk about some other topic uh all right i'm going off now to drink a bottle of wine okay yeah bottle of <laughs> your own wine <laughs> my own wine i think i might have apple and pineapple tonight anyway listen thank you and love you loads and love you loads i'll speak Take to you care, soon everybody bye bye